0: Listening to the Atlas Investor Podcast with portfolio wealth manager, international real estate investor, and global citizen Tiho Bracon. Join us as Tiho helps you grow your wealth, reduce your risk, and increase your freedom. Hello again, everyone. Welcome back to the Atlas Investor Podcast with Tiho Bracon. This is episode number 20, and today we will be focusing on currencies. Tio, brother, how are you doing and are you ready to break down the currency markets?
1: Yeah, we got a lot of turmoil in the currency markets, so it's a perfect time to get me on the telephone, Jordan. I'm very well. Uh, what about yourself?
0: I'm doing great. And uh, can you let us know which, um, which currencies we'll be covering today, in addition to the dollar and euro, of course, which are the biggest
1: currencies? Well, first of all, I would like to say that I wish I was doing this episode out of Istanbul, turkey that would be perfect um because obviously uh, we know that currently turkish devaluation is occurring so we'll be covering all of those things that are in the news and a huge collapse in the turkish lira uh, over the last couple of weeks and uh in recent days it's been uh, an epic uh, crash uh, we will also cover the argentinian peso uh, which has also been under huge pressure in, in recent months too and making uh, stories and headlines in the news uh, those are the two worst uh, performing currencies year to date and, uh, out of, I guess the majors, if we don't count Venezuela, which is down about 99.999% uh, year to date, but, and then we'll also cover the majors Jordan. Uh, we'll look at the broad us dollar index and we'll look at the Euro, uh, and then we'll look at the Asian currencies and I'm always focusing on Asia myself very heavily, uh, because that's the export powerhouse of the world and seeing how the economies there are performing. And finally we'll finish off with a currency that I'm probably the most bullish on for the next, you know, three to five months. So we'll see how that goes as well. I'm, uh, disclosing a bet here on the Atlas investor podcast, which I usually just leave for my, uh, investors who are subscribers and my clients, but, uh, this time around, uh, I'm doing that live on the podcast. As you cle- clearly, as you can see, my voice is lost because, uh, I've been spending a lot of Turkish Liras, and I'm not getting anything for it. Uh, Not enough. I'm spending a lot of Turkish Lira, but not enough beer that I can buy here in Prague.
0: Okay, Tio, that sounds good. But uh, before we get into currencies, uh, I, I want to take a brief but important look at global asset class performance year-to-date because obviously the movements in currencies are affecting all of these markets and asset classes. So why don't we look at the year-to-date scorecard and see where things are before we get into currencies?
1: Of course. And uh, we did finish half a year just recently. We're a little bit late here in August. But excuse us because it's European summer and everybody takes like a July and August off so uh i haven't been doing that i've been very busy working but that's why we're late with a year-to-date half-year performance Um, for those watching on youtube and also reading on the atlas investor website uh what you can see is we've got some very nice color codes everything that's green is kind of connected to the u.s assets so basically u.s denominated assets uh u.s centric assets and on the other hand almost everything that's read is international or emerging markets. So clearly this year, it's a dollar story. And let's not forget last year's performance, Jordan. We had countries like Turkey, Austria, even Poland up 50% to today. So that's when it was also a dollar story. When the dollar went down, those countries did terrific. And now there's some giveaway back. Um, so us technology, once again, doing very well, it's been very consistent in this bull market over the last nine years. And hats off to all the tech gurus who invested there and the Silicon Valley guys that they are getting wealthier by the day. Um, and hopefully that bubble can keep going for a bit longer for them. Uh, but it's up 16%. And then the the interesting story in the first quarter of this year was the small caps, which outperformed the large caps and did better during the trade war fears. And they're up almost 11% on the year. And then the United States stock market is up about seven and a half percent. Um, Finally, U.S. real estate, commercial publicly listed REITs uh, up over 2% and high-yield junk bonds up over 1.5% now. Um, so from the U.S. perspective, those assets are doing pretty well. So a mixed 60-40 portfolio, depending on what kind of bonds you hold, you'll know, you be doing about 4 to 5%. And that's exactly where I'm sitting with my own performance for my clients. Um, unfortunately, I'm not overweight U.S. tech stocks and uh the recent fall in facebook and other things uh clearly has some investors worried and they're very overextended but you never know they might keep rising higher on the other side of the story uh, we have chinese stocks and emerging market stocks uh, they're down 22 percent and 11 percent respectively so clearly a dollar story and here in china we've had the uh, devaluation of the yuan recently RMB, which has fallen dramatically and i think it's difficult to say whether there was a natural fall or whether there was a bit of an engineered fall uh to ease up the trade tensions and the tariffs so basically as donald trump adds more and more tariffs on chinese goods they lower their currency and their goods become cheaper anyway so even if you have a, a 15 or a 10 or a 20 percent tariff uh, the currency is now <laughs> down about 10% or 15% in some cases, depending on, I guess, which trading partner we're talking about. And, you know, Chinese are try- trying to be very imaginative and very, very clever uh, fighting those tariffs. So uh, we definitely got a trade war going on. But in the short term, uh, emerging market stocks uh, in general are suffering uh, because of the US dollar rise uh also gold is down 10 percent for the year and in recent weeks it's just been sinking like a rock uh definitely a lot of bears on there now and uh we're potentially with a reversal over the last couple of days potentially we're looking at some kind of a rebound there uh emerging market bonds in local currencies also down similar to gold and then finally uh treasury bonds and developed international stocks are kind of down about three to four percent for the year so generally speaking jordan you had to be quite select in the macro space you had to really lean towards the u.s dollar and i just we were talking before this podcast i just don't think holding u.s dollars on their own is really a good strategy so clearly if you bought uh, some united states dominated assets uh, you would have done uh, pretty well especially in small caps and technology uh, market space
0: Okay, Tio, now we're going to cover what's going on with the dollar and euro. But, Tio, it, a lot of what is impacting this is coming from uh, smaller markets, smaller currencies. As you already mentioned, the lira, the Turkish lira, and the Argentinian peso. Uh, tell us what's going on here and how these things are impacting the major currencies.
1: Well, the interesting thing is that we are focusing on two countries which have uh, external. That borrowed in foreign currencies, you know, particularly in U.S. dollars and euros, and their local currencies are weakening, so there's a mismatch between assets and liabilities. And this has happened before in 2008 for some countries, uh, like, for example, Hungarians in Budapest Real Estate, this is just one example, they were borrowing uh, loans in, in Switzerland where the Swiss franc was very weak, it was a funding currency, it's called a carry currency, so they will borrow mortgages in Switzerland, and it was all fine in 2006 and 7 until 2008 when the Swiss francs started to rally the other way because everybody was shorting it. And when the Swiss franc short squeeze started, uh, there was a mismatch between local uh, asset prices, which is like real estate uh, priced in Hungarian currency, uh, against the Swiss currency, which was appreciating in value. Um, and that when that mismatch happens, you usually have a lot of defaults and <laughs> a lot of problems. And that's what we are having right now in Turkey and in Argentina. But, you know, these these countries don't make up a large space in the emerging market economies. So I think it's just a lot of noise. And uh, definitely, if we look at Argentinian lira chart, it's a tremendous collapse, uh, very similar to the one in 2001. And if the history is uh, any guide, we're probably going to see a lower low in the Turkish lira. In other words, a higher high in the U.S. dollar um and i'm i'm still losing my voice here but uh what'll end up happening is we are pretty close to the bottom in my opinion uh we've been weakening in the turkish lira uh for uh i think since 2008 and it's just been sinking 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 and recently getting to the point of climax selling so in, in the next couple of months maybe by the the period where bad seasonality tends to end into september october we might have a bottom in the Turkish lira of some kind and also, therefore, bottom in the Turkish stocks. That's the way I'm looking at it. I think we just had a climax panic, um, and I wouldn't be surprised if we have a final lower low or a higher high in the US dollar, uh, followed by some stability after that. And uh, there's been a tremendous devaluation here. So, uh, you know, that's at least the way that I see it happening
0: okay very well said and uh before we get into the dollar and the euro here i'll let you take a a sip of water there uh so the dollar tiho you sent me two charts here i mean we have one of course of the u.s dollar index that everybody knows about Uh, we also have the broad trade weighted index interestingly the dollar is much closer to major highs in the trade weighted index than the u.s dollar index itself um First, I I do want to ask you about holding currencies. But first, can you can you tell me what your thoughts are on um, the the trade weighted basket index, why that's important and, and also the the regular dollar index that everyone typically follows?
1: Sure. So when we look at the regular dollar index, it's nowhere as strong as the broad trade weighted dollar index. But it's also a bit of a misconception and it's misguiding investors. You know, this is the broad dollar index is the spot rate between uh, the US dollar and about 20 to 25 of global currencies, but it's not a total return of the dollar because the the dollar has been yielding nothing for the last nine years until the last, I think, a year and a half, the Fed, or two years almost, the Fed's been kind of hiking um, in a decent mode and uh, yeah, probably last year or so, they've been going a little bit faster. But since then, the dollar was yielding nothing. Some of these other currencies, and we just touched upon the Turkish lira, Argentina's peso—they're yielding like 15, 16, 18. In Argentina's case, over 40% right now. So um, you've got to really take some serious risk shorting these currencies because if you're wrong and the currency rebounds from these extreme oversold conditions uh, as it's crashing not only will you have a price going against you but you're going to be paying a a serious yield uh just for shorting these currencies uh so the the broad dollar index is a bit of a misconception there and i think it's not a very good guide to see how the dollar performed i rather look at emerging market local currency bonds uh and if you were to hold emerging market uh local currency bonds since 2008 you know in theory They should be underperforming dramatically uh, because the dollar bottomed in 2008 and also in 2011. It was like a double bottom. Uh, But since then, uh, since 2008, emerging market local currency bonds are up something like 20 plus percent, while the dollar is up 30 plus percent. So, uh, despite the fact that the dollar bull market is uh, very strong, you have to remember that these emerging market local currencies and their equivalent bonds even if they're only five to seven years of duration, they have a tremendous yield. Uh, I think right now, emerging market currency bonds are yielding uh, north of uh, 7%. So, uh, you know, you better better hope if you're a dollar bull that your trade is right, because if it doesn't go your way, you're gonna be owing, you have to pay up 7% every year, you're holding a, a short on some of these currencies so i think dollar bulls and the story of how the dollar is crashing everything and uh uh, you know destroying the global economy is a bit overrated nevertheless the u.s dollar bull market is is still um, in progress and it always makes it more difficult for internationally denominated assets outside of the united states to perform as well as local assets for u.s investors Uh, that's without a doubt jordan Tiho,
0: I think this is very important. uh, And I want you to take this a step deeper, because basically what you're saying is, if you have a view on currencies, and it's I mean, I I know that you like to take uh, small bets, uh, just trades on currencies. But if you have a long term view on the dollar emerging market currencies, what you're basically saying is it's better to express these views uh, through, you know, owning the assets of that country. Uh, be it you know stocks, bonds, or real estate property versus trying to you know short a particular currency because of the uh, the uh, the potential yield situation that you have to fight against. I think this is a very. It, tell me, uh, it, did I get it right? Is that what you're talking about? Because I think this is correct. I think this is a very important uh, nugget of wisdom that you're giving correct. the audience here. So if you could just clarify that and maybe take it a level deeper, I
1: think that'd be great. Definitely. Now, if we look at the euro. And the us dollar both haven't been yielding a lot if you average it over 10 years with a simple moving average i mean draghi's at negative rates and he was kind of flat around zero the bank of england's the same bank of japan's the same and so is the dollar until recently the fed's been in a hiking mode let's say for the last two years or so but generally speaking averaged over the last 10 years these four major currencies not a lot of difference and if you really want to be one of those traders that trades forex and there's plenty of them to do well yeah sure but if we're talking about the collapse of the emerging market currencies and so forth which is making front page headlines on cnn money and wall street journal you really have to be careful what you're talking about because it's not that simple um so yeah uh holding emerging market debt in local currencies has been a just as good of a bet since 2008 as holding the us dollar against the euro or the us dollar against the let's say uh, uh, a basic uh, dxy index which is uh, the euro the pound japanese yen uh, swe- swedish krona a canadian dollar i believe and a couple of other currencies so generally speaking um you know same with the aussie dollar people forget that aussie dollar until recently during the falls of 2011 2012 2013 and 14 he still had pretty decent yields until recently only recently the us dollar is yielding more than the australian dollar and some of these emerging market currencies they yield a tremendous amount um, basically if i was an investor that wanted to take a currency bet together with understanding the fu- fundamentals of the actual economy i would look at the underlying asset in that economy and then focus on the currency bet and that asset and that's for example, what I'm doing right now in, in the Czech Republic, I believe the real estate is a smart investment, and I believe that Czech corona will outperform the Euro as it has been uh, over the last 11 years. So it's better for me to hold, if I'm bullish overall on the European continent, because it's been uh, such a disaster over the last, let's say, seven, eight years, and over the last four five years, it's had a crisis after crisis, uh, and the Euro has been falling against the American dollar for the last 10 years, uh, pretty much consistently, eventually the US dollar will peak and European assets, which are now cheap, will start to increase in value against American assets. Uh, But I don't want to express that through going long the Euro and shorting the dollar. I rather go into certain country in Europe, uh, you know, and purchase real estate. Let's say it's Lisbon, Portugal, which has great lifestyle and I purchased real estate after the crash. I let the uh, real estate recover for several years, and then I let the currency eventually recover. And when the currency is doing really well against the US dollar, uh, as well as the real estate's recovered very well, as well as the real estate has been earning me some kind of rental yield in a total return fashion, then I could sell it all, convert it all into US dollars, get a lot more dollars for it, and then you know fly over to Los Angeles and look to buy a mansion there and, and, and sell the one in Lisbon on, on the waterfront um and people who have been bullish on the us dollar uh, and i have some certain friends who've been bullish on the us dollar over the last let's say six seven years they've just been trying to express it with like trades and options and so forth i just don't think that's a smart way to make money if i was extremely bullish on the us dollar and i wanted to make a serious bet maybe 10 years ago in 2008 and i had the the future vision uh of how the us dollar bull market was going to develop and clearly i didn't because i didn't do this but I would have flown over to you know, Manhattan and I would have purchased an apartment. First of all, the apartment's gone up in value despite the fact that it corrected in the GFC. Uh, and secondly, the US dollar's gone up in value against almost every other uh, exchange rate in the world, uh, apart from maybe a few. Uh, so generally speaking, you would have done b- well with both the asset, the currency, and plus, let's not forget the actual income-producing ability of that asset you've been probably collecting at least some kind of rent if you were smart about investing um you know so ju- why just trade currencies why don't you buy income producing assets uh, in those countries and make the currency better at the same time uh you know and it's not easy to always buy real estate so uh, like i said sometimes you can just buy locally priced bonds or locally priced stocks uh that's just as interesting
0: Right. And I'll just quickly, I'll just add. And if you if you if you're an investor and you don't yet have the means to travel and invest in real estate in these places like you do, you can just buy the you can just buy the you know, bond ETFs or the equity ETFs of, of, of these countries and regions if they're available. Correct. OK, Tio. so uh, thank, thank you so much for that. Uh, moving on. Uh, to, moving on to the the shorter term, as far as the euro and the dollar, uh, please tell us uh, what you think of the recent trends here. Uh, if we're going to see some kind of a counter trend move, and in your answer, maybe you can factor in the positioning and tell us uh, if that's giving you any insight into whether the recent moves are going to continue or we might see
1: a counter trend move here. Yeah. So positioning wise, we've had a very big switch from uh dollar shorts to dollar longs we've gone from about 30 billion us dollars short by a cumulative uh currency hedge fund position on the cot report which basically looks at the aussie dollar uh, british pound swiss franc euro uh, japanese yen uh, mexican peso and so forth and that, that's a pretty big rate of change there in a short amount of time so basically the sentiment is very very high on the u.s dollar um, Every man and his dog is now talking about a perfect dollar storm, in inverted commerce. But where were these guys like in the first quarter of 2018 when the dollar was like trying to bottom out and it looked pretty bad? Uh, obviously, nowhere. And clearly, these same guys missed all the gains that emerging markets made over the last two years since the bottom in 2016. And uh, you know now they're saying how emerging markets are collapsing and it's going to be another global recession and emerging markets are going to hell in the handbasket. But really, they're just down 20% after rallying like 90% over the last two years. So, clearly, when something rallies 90%, it's overdue for some kind of a correction. And maybe it'll be bigger, but so far, it's just a normal correction. Let's not forget these people come out of woodworks only when the market trends uh, appear to be moving in their direction. And their voice gets the loudest just near the time when the trend that they favor is about to reverse so uh so yeah i think the dollar uh is looking quite strong with the rebound right now it's hard to say what the next move from here will be because it's quite overextended and overboard in the short term Sentiment is very high and it's overdue for a correction let's see what kind of a correction that will be if it's just a minor correction clearly the dollar has some more upside to go and the recent momentum in the dollar has been quite strong on the other hand if the correction is severe and we start reversing majority of the recent gains We could be retesting that long-term trend line all the way back from uh, May 2011, where the US dollar bull market really started. And if that's that's the case, uh, you know, the dollar could be weakening uh, in coming years. So it's important to watch how uh, the next few months will play out as the dollar takes a breather here. Um, Yeah, for for me, uh, I don't like to favor either side when the market will actually tell me, uh, what will happen. So I'll try to listen to the tape.
0: Okay, very good. And uh, let, let's talk about the euro. I know it's it's in most most of the time, it's basically the reverse of the dollar. But if you look at hedge fund positioning in the euro, it's still a little bit uh, positive, but barely positive. Um, I mean, do, do you have a similar view on the euro or are you a little
1: bit more concerned about it? yeah well i i in the in in the european continent i favor the czech kroner and the swiss franc a lot more than the euro uh in particular the euro and the pound have been weakening since 2008 let's say or even two almost 2007 but 2008 so they've been going down for 10 years eventually this dollar bull market will end because uh and we're not sure if it's already ended because both the pound and the euro haven't made a lower low yet, and the be- and the dollar bulls are getting really really excited. Uh, but they could. There is no reason to think that the euro could not go below parity. There's no doubt about that. Uh, you know, there could be a perfect storm in Europe that really puts pressure on the economy. Uh, but I favor other currencies which have a little bit better fundamentals, in particular the Czech korona. While the euro is declining, the Czech korona is also declining against the US dollar, but at a much smaller rate and it recently failed to make a lower low like the euro and clearly the euro has the positioning uh still favoring the bulls and as they're getting shaken out uh in the beginning of 2018 we really had a lot of traders pile into euro we had a record long uh position in the euro so everybody was expecting draghi to end uh you know uh, the, the quantitative easing program and start tapering aggressively and that wasn't to be um you know and he's still kind of favoring stimulus in in the eurozone economy and that kind of favors me too because as, the, as he keeps the interest rates low the real estate here for us is doing really well as we have some private uh, direct investment deals um so like i always say you got to understand how to play uh the allocation game you, you have to pick the right asset classes that are going to perform well uh and whether they are going to uh you know, perform even if the currency is not moving in the right direction and so forth. So later on, you are still doing well because income producing assets have a total return. Currencies are a bit of a, they they kind of misguide investors, unless you're just a trader. Uh, Generally speaking, I'm not too bullish on the euro and I'm not too bearish on the euro either because the euro has been declining for 10 years, but there are much better currencies out there and much better assets in those currencies. Um, If the euro was to be cleaned up, where certain countries in the south were to be removed the euro would be like the old deutsche mark and it would be the new swiss franc kind of a currency i think with a scandinavian bloc included and some of the northern european countries like that are very developed uh, and industrialized such as germany uh, netherlands uh, and also if czech krona uh, was i guess part of this story too and, and then the czech republic uh, which is an emerging market right now was to be transferred into a developed market, and part of this ring uh, of these strong currencies, uh, I, I think the euro would smash the dollar uh, hands down, despite the fact that uh, you know the Fed is tightening and whatever the story is going on, because Europe is only on a life support because of these su- south uh, countries such as Portugal, Italy, Greece, uh, Spain, southern France, and you know Croatia where I was born. These countries are an absolute disaster let's face it like wh- why do you need them in the currency block keep them in the trade block but uh, you know if you want to have a strong currency keep the core of, of the european currencies there uh, of the european countries there and you'll see the currency be quite strong having said that i also think people are making a big deal out of all this because i think the germans they prefer a weak euro because they're an export powerhouse machine and uh, you know Uh, No wonder Trump is trying to put tariffs on them. They got a weak currency and they got uh, less tariffs than the U.S. Sorry, more tariffs than the U.S. So, uh, you know, that's been the secret to their success over all these years, Jordan.
0: Okay, Theo. The last part of this episode, I want you to talk about some particular currencies uh, and/or currency blocks that you follow, and you have distinct views on. First, let's start with uh, Asian currencies in general. So you have a chart here of uh, an Asian currency
1: basket going back about twenty years. Yeah, correct. So we we had a tremendous devaluation, and, and during the Asian financial crisis in nineteen ninety seven to nineteen ninety eight. And then uh, we also can see the GFC during 2008 there. And then recently we had uh, US dollar bull market since 2011 and the devaluation and collapse of Asian currencies. But as I said before, you know people sit there and look at this chart and go, oh my God, the whole Asia must be falling apart. you know. But what this uh, currency chart doesn't include is the total return picture. Uh, and it's kind of misguiding investors. So I just wanna let them know, this is just the spot rate. But if you've been holding some of these Asian currencies, whether it's the Chinese yuan, it's yielding almost four and a half percent. Indonesian yields are much higher than that, and if you look at some of the other yields in the region, they're exceeding ten percent. Uh, so from that aspect, even, even Vietnamese currency is getting six and a half. You know, so there's quite a lot of yield there. And what I would say is that be careful when you're just looking at the spot rate of the chart. Uh, the total return, the dollar hasn't done all that well. it Despite the fact that the dollar keeps increasing in value, these currencies are paying you a good return as well. By no means am I saying that these are great investments, but the dollar hasn't done that well. Um, I'd like to move forward to looking at the uh, hedge fund position in the Swiss franc. And this is one trade that uh, I'm looking at doing over the next few months. Uh, Basically, we had a recent collapse in the euro, the pound, the Aussie dollar, the New Zealand dollar, and uh, several other currencies uh, in August uh, as we are doing this podcast. But one thing that's interesting is the Swiss franc failed to make a lower low. It bottomed in May of this year. And the hedge fund positioning on the Swiss franc is huge. It's pretty much record or close to record uh, amount of short bets. So this is a very, very rare uh occasion when you see this many people bearish uh, and it's sitting right on support so for a smart trader or a speculator you have the ability to do a proper risk management and to go against the crowd just when you see that the price is not confirming uh what the other currencies have been doing which is a positive sign and also as the dollar trend kind of comes to a pause and exhausts itself and the sentiment becomes very very bullish on the dollar so I'm going to be taking a Swiss franc bet here uh, and I'm going to put my stop loss below the May support, uh, which is sitting on the long-term trend line dating back to 2008. And I'm hoping the Swiss franc can rebound here and go through a short squeeze because we have almost $6 billion worth of shorts in the Swiss franc, which is uh, one of the historically largest positions. So uh, we'll keep looking at this trade over the coming um, uh, months and see whether, uh, you know, it was a smart thing to do or not. Uh, the Swiss franc is in a long term triangle and eventually it's going to find the direction either up or down. But one thing I have to say is there's been a lot of talk of the US dollar doing amazingly well since 2008. Uh, the Swiss franc is still up <laughs> since 2008. So the dollar has done nothing. Uh, one can make a case that the dollar has made some progress against the Swiss franc since 2011. Uh, and that was an overextended position. But even since 2012, the Swiss franc and the dollar are kind of flat around parity. So Swiss franc, very strong currency. And when you compare the US dollar, which everybody's raving on about right now, there are plenty of currencies where the US dollar hasn't been able to make any headway. And that's despite Swiss uh, National Bank keeping interest rates negative, Uh, you know, there are plenty of countries that have stronger fundamentals than the united states and it shows that the u.s dollar is not that much of a good currency either it's just the cleanest white shirt in a you know dirty laundry so uh full of brown stained shirts right now but uh yeah there are a few other crisp white shirts on there as well and switzerland is one of them jordan
0: Okay, Tio. as we close this episode number 20, can you please summarize what you talked about today and, and maybe a couple of the most important takeaways for our listeners?
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, we covered the overall currency space today. And, uh, you know, I, I find it very important to understand uh, what the current trends in Turkish lira and Argentinian peso really mean for global investors, majority of whom are not exposed uh to these countries uh and don't have any kind of connection to it and these countries have very big mismatches between assets priced in local currencies and liabilities and loans priced in foreign currencies and hard currencies like the us dollar and euro and they've been doing this for years or decades and they've always made this kind of mistake and i'm surprised that investors still lend the money creditors still lend the money so but you know everyone's always looking for a big yield. I, I'm pretty sure a lot of us remember the Argentinian hundred year bond that was done, uh, I think a year or two years ago. And uh, yeah, that's probably going to not turn out to be the be- greatest investment. Uh, but generally speaking, the US dollar is been very strong recently, and it's been putting pressure on a lot of currencies, not just the lira and the peso that we discussed but having said that a lot of these currencies around the world are having a large yield so just because the dollar is rallying doesn't mean the dollar is doing all that fantastically well if you look at the returns for the u.s dollar index um, against a basket of currencies around the world especially emerging market currencies looked at as emerging market local bonds uh, the u.s dollar index hasn't really made all that much of a progress since 2011 um, because these uh, local bonds uh, even small duration they have quite large yields um the euro has been sinking uh, together with the pound for the last 10 years and eventually this bear market will come to an end but it might not come to an end until it makes a, a lower low and m- might have some type of a selling climax it's hard to say but generally speaking my view is that the european union should look at having a currency block uh, which is returning back to the old deutsche mark so Kicking out some of the countries in the South, which shouldn't be uh in the currency block, but should be in the trade block and should be part of the European Union. European Union is a smart design and a concept in itself. But not everybody can have a hard currency the way that Germany and Switzerland and uh, Sweden and uh, Czech Republic can handle it. Uh, so yeah. And finally, we're looking at uh the Swiss franc, where I've just disclosed the bet that I'm gonna be making hoping for a rebound and a short squeeze so we'll be following that through over the coming months and uh, fingers crossed maybe i'll make some money because i'm only up about four to five percent halfway through the year um if you have been a dollar bull and denominated yourself in u.s uh, assets uh you probably benefited especially in the tech but if you diversify yourself around the world you're probably down about three to five percent depending on how uh you structured your portfolio but it's, it's it's been a pretty difficult story for international investors from the u.s dollar perspective uh if that's the measuring currency of choice jordan um, so yeah uh, I- interesting things happening in the
0: uh, currency world okay to you and uh, before we sign off here episode
1: 21 what will we be covering we'll be looking at precious metals which is your favorite side of things jordan and what we'll do is we'll do a bit of a flip I'll go and interview you, and uh, you'll be giving us some of your expert uh, consultation and and advice regarding precious metals and regarding a great trade that you recently did where you actually had uh, against the foresight to to short precious metals despite the fact that you're a long-term bull. And this is what most people don't understand. Flexibility is very important in trading. Just because you hold a certain view doesn't mean you can't profit and be pragmatic the whole way through and understand how to make money regardless of uh you know what your opinion is for the very 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 long term well thank you for the kudos brother and thank you for the great work
0: today on this episode i and my listeners uh really appreciate the job you did today and that you always do and uh i and the listeners will look forward to episode number 21 one Thank you for listening to the Atlas Investor Podcast. To be notified of future podcast episodes, visit theatlasinvestor.com and sign up for our free newsletter. T. Hope Khan offers his clients a wide range of services including portfolio construction and wealth management, one-on-one consultations, global real estate opportunities, international tax planning, citizenship and residency planning, and one-on-one mentoring. For a free consultation, visit theatlasinvestor.com
1: and contact T. Hope Khan.